But if you'll turn with me to Exodus chapter number two, and I'm gonna begin reading in verse number one. And there went out a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. When she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with, it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw a child. Behold, the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said, to, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me. And I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Father in heaven today, we have Lord witnessed and seen these blessings that you have given to these families, Lord, on baby, baby dedication day. Lord, there's moms here in this room that uh, Lord, this is such a special day to them because it's Mother's Day. It's a day that, Lord, they remember the blessings that you've, you've bestowed upon them. And Lord, I know for today, it's for some also, it's a, a difficult day. Lord, there may be some today that desire children and Lord, for whatever reason, you've not allowed that to happen in their life. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage them today. I pray that you'd comfort them. Lord, there's others that have faced this day with difficulty because the child that we call them mom is his past is no longer here. And Lord, so today is a joyous day for many. And Lord, for many, it's difficult as well. But Lord, whether it's a day of joy or a day of grieving, Lord, there is Jesus Christ that we can look to, that we can find grace and we can find comfort. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would encourage our hearts. I pray today that you would, Lord, just honor and bless each mother. Lord, I pray today that you would just be with each child, Lord, that's here in this church, whether they're on the platform or in a classroom in a nursery today. God, I pray that you bless them. And I pray that through this place, out of this place, we would raise children that serve you all the days of their life, that they would make a... a eternal impact in their generation for the cause of Christ. And we commit these things to you and we ask you to bless this time together and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Mothers are probably the most influential people on earth. If you think about that, when you, for many, when they need advice, they, they call mom. When they need comfort, they call mom. Any time that my children ever got hurt as a child, they never called out to dad. They always called out to mom. If the bike broke, they called dad to fix it. 
if they skinned their knee, they called mom to, to kiss it. When a child is in trouble, they call mom's name. When a child is hurting, they call mom's name. I think you'd agree that mothers are probably the most influential people on the earth. But as I think about this and think about this story here in Exodus chapter number two, the difficulty that Moses' mother has. Moses' mother is living in a time where they are slaves. They are they're cap, held in captivity to the Egyptians. I did not have the opportunity to read this, but in chapter number one, we find that there's a problem here in Egypt. The Hebrew children are getting too great and, and they are, are becoming too strong. The Egyptians are afraid that if the, the Hebrews continue to have these children, specifically male children, that they will one day take over Egypt and Egyptians will now be slaves to the Hebrews. And so Pharaoh sets out a decree that, that all children, all baby boys born to the Hebrew women must be thrown, killed, tossed into the river and drowned. It's if, if it's a female child, a daughter, they can stay alive. But verse number 22 of chapter one says, every son that is born shall be cast into the river. I would think you would agree that in this time, Moses' parents were living in difficult times. Where the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was just ripping apart and ravaging these homes. I believe this, we live in a difficult day in America as well. There's a war against the home. There's a war against motherhood, immorality and adultery and fornication, homosexuality and militant feminism and juvenile delinquency. These are all attacks and wars against the home that God has established in his word. In the, in the Bible, we looked at a few weeks ago that the Bible tells us this, that men, uh, the man may be the head of the home, but I think you would agree this, the heart of the home belongs to the mother. The heart of the home, the peace that comes to the home. Moses' mother did not have it easy. And I, I would say this the same as we're raising children, even in a post-Christian America, these moms that stood on this platform this morning, they may be blessed and they, they, they have uh, uh, husbands that love the Lord and a church that loves them and cares for them and, and Sunday school teachers and nursery workers and, and staff that, that care about the home and, and want to help encourage the home. But, but I think you would agree that, that living in culture today is not always an easy easy place to raise children. They were slaves here in Egypt. All baby boys were commanded to be killed at birth. And for sake of time, I, I want to just dig right into this passage of scripture today. And I want to encourage moms today. Now you say, I, I'm not a mom. I, I'm a dad. Well, I think that you could find these same biblical principles would encourage you today. You say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I've raised my children. Then, then I would ask you this, to uh, apply these principles. And if nothing else, as a church family, pray for the protection of homes. Pray for the protection of these children. Pray for these families, the, the uh, uh, marriage of, between mom and dads. Pray for them that they would remain strong, that they would be a light, that they would have the courage 
privilege to raise young people in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord that would serve the Lord all the days of their life. So as I look at this passage of scripture, I see a lady, a lady of the Levi's marries this man. He's a, a Levi and he marries a, a wife of the daughter of Levi, the Bible says. In verse number two, the Bible says she conceives and bears a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. I want you to write this down. I just have four quick things I, I want to say to you this morning. And I want you to write this down. Something that I see here that's interesting in this passage of scripture. Because if we go to verse number 22 of the previous chapter, it makes verse number uh, one of chapter two that much more interesting and really that much more brave. Because in verse number 22, Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river and every daughter ye shall save alive. And so as the Hebrew women were, were giving birth, if they gave birth to a boy, that boy had a death sentence. They were going to take that child and immediately cast that child into the river. Now, there are some that would say this, why would, why would they, why would they uh, 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 cast this child into the river? Why didn't they take his life another way? And for some, as they've studied this passage of scripture back in ancient Egypt times, this was also a way of sacrificing to the gods of Egypt by giving children and casting them into the, to the river, the god of the river, the Nile River there is the river that gave life and gave substance and gave water to the, to the nation there of Egypt. And so this was also a very demonic thing. Yes, it's demonic to, to, to murder and, and uh, uh, kill these babies, but it was even much more demonic because they were giving these children as sacrifices, their slaves, those that they had power over. They were appeasing the gods here that they worshiped in Egypt. What an awful thing. All through time, all through uh, human history, you would find that whenever a, a nation became perverted, whenever a nation turned itself from the one true God, that nation would always kill babies and sacrifice. It's interesting, if you were to study in Israel, when I took our church, we took a trip to Israel a few years back, when we went up to El Dan, when, when the nations separated and the 10 tribes from the two tribes, the 10 tribes that separated were so afraid that they were, the people were gonna, gonna go back to Jerusalem and worship at the temple. So what they did was in two different locations, they made their own temples. So the people could go to those temples and could worship God there. But they turned their back on God. And, and the first thing that happens when nations and people turn their back on the one true God, they begin to get in sin. And you constantly see through time, through history, they begin to sacrifice children. As we were there in Jerusalem, what a, in, an incredible place. A place that was a place of celebration as we came there and we saw the Temple Mount. As we then went to El Dan and walked through the wooded areas, the, the trees, the forest, it became dark, it became oppressive. You knew something was different. You were no longer in Jerusalem. And they brought us to the temple area, the sacrifice area, and they began to show us where they would sacrifice to the gods. Then they brought us over to a pit area and they said, this is where they began child sacrifice. It's heartbreaking. 
It's heartbreaking to God when people will take the children, children that are blessings from the Lord and offer them back to, to unknown gods. And this was the practice that was happening here in Egypt. And this is what they were uh, doing to the Hebrew women and to these Hebrew baby boys. And although we find in verse number 22 that Pharaoh had put this order out that all the sons, all the males born to the Hebrew women must be cast into the river, I want you to see in verse number two, there went this man of the house of Levi, he took a wife of the daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. You see, what's the significance of that? I want you to write this down someplace in your life that this godly family, this family, society's threats didn't stop this mom from motherhood. The threats that were coming in society. Now, you knew they had to be talking about it. I'm sure Moses' parents, they understood as they were, uh, as they were having children, uh, getting married and began to talk about having children and knew the cost of having children would mean if this is a boy, it could mean sudden death. But society's threats didn't stop her from motherhood. It's increasingly difficult to raise children in society. I talk to parents all the time and, and I've probably been guilty of saying it myself that we're so, society's getting so worse. What are we doing bringing children into this world? But I want you to see that the threats that this family were facing, it did not stop them from bringing children into the world. Because no matter how great the threats against society, against children, against the home, or against God's people are, God's people can still trust God. Society's threats are not greater than God's protection. We live in a post-Christian America. Right is, is now wrong, and wrong is now right. There's so much facing our children today the things that are just being bombarded, the things that, that once were wrong when maybe some generations in this room were growing up, now you're seeing your grandchildren or great-grandchildren faced with things that were once wrong, now they're acceptable. And you're wondering, are we doing right by bringing children into this world? Are we doing right by bringing children into a wicked world? And, and I would say, just as this family did, I would say that the Christian ought to bring children of light into this world, that Christians ought to still see that we can raise godly children in this world because it's not dependent upon the world and it's not dependent upon us, but that we can trust God for his safety. We can trust God for his protection and we can still raise godly children and today we was evident as I looked up and saw these two boys playing and using their talents for the Lord, I thought to myself, Courtney, how a mom must be so proud today that you can still raise young teenagers to serve the Lord in society. We praise God for that. Listen to me, let's not be afraid as Christian parents of society's threats. Let's not cower in fear. Let's not cower and hide. You know, there's so much facing our children, but there's a God in heaven that we must introduce them to. There's so much fear in this world, but there's a God in heaven that we can introduce our children to that they can have a, a relationship with. I think of all the things that are facing society today. They say suicide is, is, is on the rise in teenagers today. 
the number one cause of death in teenagers today in our state is suicide, depression, anxiety, bullying, loneliness, suicide. The, accept, uh, the accepting uh, uh, gender uh, alterations, these are all things that are becoming the norm in this generation. And all these things, if we're not careful, we can look and we can say, you know what, it's just better not to be involved. It's better not to bring children into this world. But I commend these families that stood up here today because it's not in their strength they're going to raise these children. It's in the power of God that they're going to raise these children. And they can raise godly children, even though society is a difficult society. Number two, I hurry. I want you to see this in verse number two. And the woman conceived and she bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Would you write this down someplace, please, in your heart? A godly mother sees her child, see her, sees her child or her children through the lenses of truth, not society's view. A, a godly mother sees her child through the lenses of truth, not society's view. You say, what do you mean by that? When this child was born, the Bible says that this mother saw this child as a goodly child. Children are a heritage from the Lord. It's, it's the Lord's gift to parents. Moses was going to be used of God to deliver his people from Egypt. This was God's plan. This was God's design. Pharaoh said that these children, these baby boys are, are useless, that they're, they're simply going to be thrown into the river, that they're just going to be a fleeting memory. They're just going to be, be something that was there in the life of the parent for just a moment at birth and then cast aside. They had no value. But this family, this family saw that their child had value. You see, this, this family was not looking to society to dictate the worth of their child. This family was not looking to the world to determine if their child had value and worth. Oh, listen to me today. This family was looking to God's promises. This family saw a child of God, a Hebrew boy, and knew that this child was good, knew this child was special. I would say to you this, every single child born in this world is not just a clump of cells. Every single child born born into this world, not one of them is a mistake. Not one of them is an afterthought. Not one of them is useless. Not one of them is, it has no purpose. Every single child born into this world, it doesn't matter who the parent is. It doesn't matter the circumstances behind it. That child is a special child. That child has a promise. That child can be used of God. That child can do great things for God. That child has worth. Because that child is made and born in the image of God. Your child is special. God has great things in store for your children. Don't allow society to dictate the importance of our children. There's a, a young man, he's in his, probably in his 30s now. Paul Thomas is his name. Paul was born with Down syndrome. There's a nation in this world, they said they have cured Down syndrome in their, in their country, nation in Europe. No children, no Down syndrome, there's no more Down syndrome children being born in their country. 
And they made it sound like they've got this great cure that, that uh, uh, no children are born. But what they've done is they've decided that if a child has Down syndrome, they abort that child. And they use the statistics now that there's no children with Down syndrome born in this nation. This young man, Paul Thomas, was born with Down syndrome. And Paul Thomas, he didn't allow that to keep him down. Paul Thomas, he felt that he was going to preach. And Paul has preached in, 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 in uh, pastor's conferences in front of thousands of preachers. And Paul has this message. He, ha he calls this, he says, dream big dreams. Dream big dreams. Paul's dad and I are good friends. And Paul his father and Paul's mother, when Paul was born with Down syndrome, they didn't allow that to be a, a detriment to Paul. They didn't, they didn't say that this child now is a, a waste or this child is a mistake. They raised that child to serve the Lord. And now that child, through messages like dream big dreams, has made such an impact on his world. I would say to your parents, every single parent in this room, every single grandparent in this room, the room, dream big dreams for your child. Don't let the world tell you who your child is. Let the word of God tell you who your child is. Let the, don't let the world tell you the worth of your child. Oh, listen to me, if there's a young person in this room today, don't let social media and don't let the world tell you your value and your worth. You are important enough to God that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to come so he could live with you for all of eternity. I'd say this, you're pretty important to God. Society says you're just a, a clump of cells. Society will say this of some, you're not smart enough or you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not handsome enough. But I say this to us today, that God gave us children just the way he intended those children to be. The child that you hold in your arms, the child that you raise, it may not be, if you compare it to another child, it may not live up to something some other child has, but I would say to you this, that your child is exactly the way God desires for your child to be. He gave it to the parents. He wanted to raise that child, and that child is precious. That child is special. That child, that child is, is wonderful, and that mother that is raising that child, you are the mother that God desires for that child, and this church today is the church that we ought to support children being raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I want to encourage you to raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Teach them to love the Lord. Teach them to serve the Lord. And don't allow society to ever cause your child to think that they're not special. Don't ever allow society to cause your child to think that they don't have worth. Don't ever call, allow society to cause your child to think that they're not uh, uh, they're not needed in this generation. God has great things in store for your family. God has great things in store for your child. Let the truth of God's word dictate the value of your child. We find here in this passage of scripture, although society was saying that all male boys should be cast into the river because they were useless, this mom saw a goodly child. She saw the value of this child. She saw the worth of this child. Look with me in verse number three. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes. 
daubed it with slime and with pitch. We put the child therein. Now, parents, you have to admit that had to be a difficult day. I've seen moms, I'm married to one. You drop your kid off for K-5 and it's difficult. I, I remember we dropped Chloe off, our last one, and I just took the day off. I knew I'm going to take mom. And Chloe had to finally say to mom, mom, you don't have to walk me to class every day. And that set her off. I say, Chloe, run everything by dad before you say anything to mom. I'm going to help you. But I knew it was going to be difficult to drop her child, her last one off to a teacher. Oh, that teacher's not going to love that child like mom loves that child. That teacher's not going to care for that child like mom cares for that child. And I think about this day, as hard as it is for us to drop our children off in a safe environment, imagine what Moses' mother thought when she placed that child in that basket, placed him in the river. I want you to mark this down, please, someplace. A godly mother does everything she can to supply for the needs of her child. What do we find here in verse number three? This basket that she laid him in was handmade and then was, was taken and, and daubed with slime and with pitch. It doesn't sound like a very good basket. But you know what that mother did? She ensured the safety of that child in that basket. It's not something she wanted to do. There's no mother that wants to put their child in a basket and send them off into the river. But that mother did everything she could to ensure the safety of that child. That pitch and that slime caused water not to leak into that basket. That pitch and that slime and the way she weaved that basket allowed that child to live. And because she did what was necessary in supplying for her child, God was able to use that child. Listen to me, some things that you might be doing right now in your life, mom, it might seem insignificant and in, uh, uh, unimportant, but what you do when you supply for your child, you allow that child later on to be used of God. She put, she put uh, uh, her, uh, Moses' little sister in verse number four on, and watch over that child. You say, why didn't she just stand there? She probably, like most mothers, went back to her home and just cried. While she was crying, wondering what's going to happen to this child, she said to her uh, daughter, I want you to watch that child and let me know what happens. She didn't just walk away. She put things in place so that child could be cared for and watched. She placed that, that basket in the flag. She didn't just send it down the river to what will be, will be. She put it in a place of safety so the rough current wouldn't take that child. She put it in a place where it was safe and could be found. I'm done with this last point. Would you write this down, please, someplace? In verse number nine and 10, and Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And the mother took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She called his name Moses and said, because I drew him out of the river, 
A godly mother, would you write this down? A godly mother is willing to raise her child and then give her child for God's purpose. A godly mother is willing to raise her child and then give that child for God's purpose. You know, I'm reminded often as my children are growing, I'm reminded of several things. One is we can't keep enough food in the house. The other thing I'm reminded of is this. They're gonna get to an age and they're going to step out in life. My son leaves today for a couple weeks with the National Guard. You know, and you look at your children and you're proud of what they do. And there comes a time in life, parents, that we have to let them, give them back. Hopefully we've raised them to love the Lord. We've raised them to, to serve the Lord. And, and we have to be willing though to raise them and then give them back to God's purpose for their life. Probably the hardest thing to do as a parent is to watch your kids grow up, make their own decisions. But I wanna encourage you as Moses' mother did, she allowed God to use her, her, her son, even though this wasn't her plan. There's no way that this mother would have wanted to give her child away at this young age, but she trusted the Lord. We don't have the time to read all of what Moses went through. But because this mother was willing to do the things that she did to have this child, even though there were threats against it, to raise this child, give this child to others so that they could raise them, so God could use them. You know what God did with Moses? He used Moses to take the entire nation of Israel out of bondage into the desert and lead them to the promised land, all because there was a mother that was willing to raise her children and give them back to the Lord for his purpose.